right, let's dig right in. Go to Revelation chapter 1. And I want to read to you the first couple of verses from this passage, and then we're going to flip over to Revelation chapter 22. It says in Revelation chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him, that is that God gave to Jesus to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, that's the writer of this book, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, whatever he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written in it, because the time is near. In your Bibles, you ought to underline that phrase, because the time is near. Why is that? Because we know that time is short. We know that we are coming towards the end of days. The Bible says that with God, with Christ, that, that, that a day is of a thousand years and a thousand years is of a day. Now, here's what you need to know. Everything that we read in Scripture was written 2,000 years ago or older. And what that tells us is that what was written in this book, what we study each and every week, what we read prayerfully and hopefully every single day, is something that was written thousands of years ago, but according to God's Word, was written two days ago. Two days ago was Christmas Eve, a day that we gathered together, thousands of us in this room, and we had a wonderful time of worship. And the writing of God's Word in, in similar fashion according to what God's Word says, it's as if this book was written on Christmas Eve two days ago. It's as if literally while we were gathered here, there were some writers sitting down and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit wrote what today we spent some time walking through. Now, that's an important distinction. It's important because when we understand the context of God's word and we see a phrase like that, I just read a moment ago, because the time is near, that sometimes we could say, wait a minute, it's been thousands of years. Why do you think it's near? What do you mean it's near? Is it near like today or is it near like next year? Is it near like five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now that Christ is going to return? Here's what you need to know. I don't know. And it doesn't matter. Because it could happen today or it could happen tomorrow. It could happen before we get to New Year's Eve this week. It could happen 10 years from now, 20 years from now. It could happen hundreds of years from now when no one in this room is even still alive. And it does not matter. It does not change how it is that we are to live. Blessed are those who hear the words of the prophecy found within this book and keep what is written because time is near. Now, let's flip over to Revelation chapter 22, which in case you're wondering like where that is in your Bible, here's where it is in your Bible. It is the last pages of the scripture within your Bible. Now, if your Bible's like mine, you could go past that and you could find some maps and you could find some you know, explanations of what this means and what that means. That's not what I'm talking about. It's the last part of this book that we hold in our hands that actually is the word of God. The last chapter. And today we're going to spend some time in the last verses. And I find it interesting, and you know, it's kind of just a, it's what God would do, that he takes the last words of his word, and what he gave to us in the last words of his word is the entire theme of every single book of the Bible. Of all 66 books, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, you can find the theme of the Bible itself within the last few verses of Revelation. And so today, that's what we're going to do. 
we're going to walk through and we're going to see what is this book all about? What is the thing? And what we find here is basically you can kind of come up with the theme of the Bible with four phrases. And I'm going to give you those four phrases today. Phrases today. I encourage you to write them down. If you've got the notes up in your app, they're already there for you. You can follow along. Uh, you can write them, you know, kind of like out in the margins of your Bible, if you wish, whatever it is. But four phrases that tell us what the theme of God's Word really is all about. And the first one that we find, the first phrase that, that kind of starts the theme of the Bible is this. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer is the first part of this phrase. Go to Revelation chapter 22. We're going to read in verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. Now listen to this statement. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. Go back to that statement. I am the root and the descendant of David. That basically is a restatement of what you'll find back in verse 13, just a couple of verses before that in Revelation 22, where he says that I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. When he says I am the root and the descendant of David, that's a really strange phrase because that's almost impossible. How is it that you can be what brought David to be, but also be what came from David? That's what he's saying. He's saying, I am the creator who created everything. I'm the one that David came from me, but I also came from David, which gives us the fulfillment of prophecy found back in, in, uh, in Isaiah chapter 11 that talks about from the stem of or from the root of David comes the Messiah. And so Jesus said, I am the root. I am the descendant of David. But then he goes on to make this statement. And I'm the bright and morning star. The bright morning star. Now that's an important distinction. Because that statement is something that kind of points us to look upwards, right? It talks about the idea that you ought to look up into the sky. The bright morning star. What does that mean? Well, in today's context, if you go and study any things of science, you'll find that the bright morning star is what they refer to as the planet Venus. Venus is the brightest morning planet, the brightest star that is found in the heavens. People look up and they see that either like right after sunset or they see it right before sunrise. And because of its location, its proximity to the sun, because it's a reflection of the sun, whether like stars, all stars kind of emanate their own light. But Venus, the planet, it actually illuminates from reflections from the sun itself. It is the brightest thing that you can see in the sky except for the sun. Now, when you think about that statement. The brightest thing that you could see in the morning, uh, the morning light. It brings about this idea that it's kind of a picture of or kind of an understanding of that you can only see it either right after the sun sets or right before the sun rises. It's a picture of the soon coming end of night. That very soon, because you can see this bright light in the sky, that pretty soon the sun is going to rise and all of a sudden night will have ended. Now you can see why Jesus uses this phrase to talk about himself. First, he talks about himself as the creator. He is the root of David. He then talks about the fact that he is the fulfillment of prophecy, the Messiah, the descendant of David. Going back to Old Testament prophecies of where the Messiah will come from. And then he talks about himself as being the bright morning star, that one that signals the soon end of the night. What a powerful statement. 
What an amazing idea that comes from this one verse, verse 16 of Revelation chapter 22, that Jesus is the answer. So how is it that Jesus is the answer? Number one, he's creator. Number two, he's the source of everything. Number three, he's the fulfillment of scripture, the fulfillment of prophecy of the only one that can bring salvation. He is the Messiah. And also he is the fulfillment of the promise of God and the picture that when everything comes to an end, which by the way, everything will come to an end, that he is the one that will usher in the ending. And that's what the book of Revelation really is all about, talking about that endless hallelujahs that we will have the opportunity of experiencing when Jesus returns. And so the first phrase of the theme of God's word is just simply this. Jesus is the answer. The second phrase I want to give you today of the theme of God's word. So the first one, Jesus is the answer. The second one is this for the world today. That's a theme that's found within Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 17 starts by this. It says, both the spirit and the bride say, come. Now what that tells us is that we have the invitation of Jesus. That because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he died and because he rose again, that an invitation was issued by Christ himself when he fulfilled what God sent him to do, to come and to be the propitiation, the, the substitution for our sin and to pay that price on the cross that we have an invitation. And so it says here, both the spirit and the bride say come. Now who are the spirit and the bride? The spirit is the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict us of our sins and to point us to the promise and the hope of the gospel. But then it also says both the bride and the, the spirit and the bride say come. That bride is a picture of the church. And so while it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, it's the church's, the bride of Christ's job to tell people, to share that message of the gospel, and to simply say that one word, come. Not come to church, like coming to this building is not going to change your life. Coming to any other church in this community is not going to change your life. Like walking into brick and mortar is not going to change your life. What will change your life is when the bride of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, says, come to Jesus to experience the gospel. That's the picture of what is given here. So Jesus is the answer. We see who he is for the world today. It's the gospel. We have the invitation of Jesus. The second part of verse 17 says, let anyone who hears say, come. Now, what this is, is it tells us about the responsibility we have as followers of Jesus Christ to tell people about Christ. That we have a responsibility because we've heard the word of God, because we believe that Jesus is God's son. We do not have the luxury of letting someone else share the gospel. We don't get to leave it up to preachers. We don't get to leave it up to other people who are more gifted than we are, so to speak, in sharing the gospel. All of us have the responsibility to tell people that anyone who hears say, come. It is your job, it is my job to say to people in this world today, come to Jesus. Every single one of us has that responsibility. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, doesn't matter how smart you are, doesn't matter what your job is, you have the duty and the responsibility to say to others, come to Jesus. And so verse 17 goes on to say, after it says, both the spirit and the bride say, come, let anyone who hears say, come. The third part of this verse says this, let the one who is thirsty come. 
Now, what this gives us is a picture that to the entire world, that this message is an opportunity for everyone. That the message of the gospel is not something that is reserved for the lucky few. It's not reserved for those people who happen to be like lucky enough to be born into the right family or lucky enough to be born at the right time or lucky enough to be, you know, kind of in this special little group over here that we have the opportunity for the gospel. The gospel is available to all. And so when it says, let the thirsty, let the thirsty come and enter into him, let them, uh, let them come to him. The idea here, the picture is this, is that anyone who is desperately in need of the water of life, come on, come to Jesus. Everybody, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you've done. This brings into picture the, the idea of why Jesus came. You go to 1 Peter, what does it say? It says that he is not willing that any should perish. Perish. You go over to chapter uh, to Luke and you find in that passage in chapter 19 that he came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why he came. You go to John chapter 3, 16. For God so loved the what? The world. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how bad you've been. God so loved the world that that invitation, let those who are thirsty come. Doesn't matter who you are. Come on. Doesn't matter what you've done. Come on. The gospel still works. Jesus is the answer for the world today. The last part of verse 17 says this. Let the one who desires take the water of life freely. Now, the book of Revelation talks about heaven. You can find in Revelation chapter 21, a place where there's no more sorrow and no more pain and no more tears and no more death. Sounds great, doesn't it? In the world in which we live, man, how awesome is that? And yet you read here in chapter 22 where it says, let the one who desires take the water of life freely. While heaven is something we can look forward to, we can enjoy the joy of our salvation now. We can actually experience the benefits of following Christ right now, right here, which tells us this not only is the opportunity for everyone, it's an opportunity that we have to be enjoyed in the moment. And so here it is. Second phrase. First phrase, Jesus is the answer. Second phrase, for the world today. The third answer. And here, the third phrase for the theme of God's word is just this. Above him, there's no other. Look what it says in verse 18 and 19. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God will take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city, which are written about in this book. In other words, the message is complete. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. In Jesus, we find everything that you could ever need. And don't you dare try to add anything to the gospel. Above him, there's no other. Above him, there's nothing that can change our lives. Jesus is the only thing that can make a difference. When you look at this phrase in verses 18 and 19, John is writing again into the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Guys, listen, I know that the pressure is going to be there for you to add stuff to this. I know that you're going to have the opportunity of kind of coming up with these ideas of things that you should do in order to experience the power and the presence of God in your lives. John says, listen, I know that there are going to be influences that come into the church. And we've talked about that a lot over the last 
last few weeks in the different passages that we've read. That we know that there's going to be things that will come in that will try to make you think you've got to have the gospel plus to experience the power of God. And so John says, listen, don't you dare add anything to this. Don't you dare add anything to the gospel. Either Jesus is enough or he is not worth the time to talk about. Either he is all that you need or just figure out something else to do. Because Jesus is enough. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. When you look in the passages of Scripture, passages like Deuteronomy chapter 4, where Moses said, hey, here's the law of God. Don't add anything to it. You go to Galatians chapter 1, and you get the story of how there are people coming in that wanted to pervert the gospel. And we see that today. That people are trying to add things to it. People are trying to ch change the dynamics of God's word. To try to make you think that you've got to do this or do that. Or you've got to look a certain way or act a certain way or dress a certain way. Or have a certain denomination that you're attached to. If you're going to have all of the benefits of following Christ. And what God's word says in the, the final words of his word. It simply says this. Don't you add anything to it. And don't you take anything away from it. Why? Because above him there is no other. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. And then that brings us to the fourth phrase that gives us a theme of all of scripture. And that's this. Jesus is the way. Look what it says in the rest of this passage in Revelation chapter 22 verse 20 and 21. He, Jesus, who testifies about these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the, of the Lord Jesus be with everyone. Amen. That verse, verse 21, verse 20, says that Jesus is actually saying, I am coming soon. This is a restatement of, hey, back in Revelation chapter 21, uh, Re Revelation chapter 1, we read a few moments ago, the time is coming, the time is near. Like we're, we're, you know, we're coming to the end here. Jesus here in the last statement of verse 20 says, listen, I am coming soon. And it reminds us of what Jesus said in John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, when he said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Thomas, in that phrase, in that passage, he came up with a question like, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. How do we get there? We want to know. And then Jesus said it this way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am coming soon. It makes us understand the urgency of recognizing that if Jesus is coming soon and Jesus is the only way, then boy, you better make sure everything is right between you and Jesus. Boy, you better make sure everything is right. How do we do that? Well, it's simple. Romans chapter 10 tells us, I quote it here almost every week, that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he was raised from the dead, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if Jesus is coming soon, and if Jesus is the only way, 
And if Romans says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord, that he was raised from the dead, here's what it brings us to understand. Yes, Jesus is the way, and you better make sure you believe. You better make sure you believe. And then that phrase, verse 21 ends, the last word found in Scripture is that word that we talked about last week. We find it again here this week. That one word sentence that says all that we need to know. The word amen, period. And what does the word amen mean? So be it. What's the theme of God's word? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. In 1973, a song came out by a guy named Andre Crouch. A song that became very popular back in the 70s. I remember when I was a kid, we would sing that song in our in children's ministries, in student ministries, in our youth groups. We would sing that song. I mean, it was an awesome song. We loved it. It was a song that he came out with in 1973 that he wrote alongside of his wife. And that song basically says this. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Now listen, if that indeed is the theme of God's word, if that is the summary statement of all we find from Genesis all the way to the end of the book in Revelation, then here's what you've got to understand. Here's what you've got to make sure of. That you cannot let this day end without being 100% sure that you have made the decision to believe and to trust in Jesus. And I know that there are some people sitting in this room that can quote scripture, that can sing songs, that can serve in the nursery, that have been engaged and involved in church for a lot of years. But when it comes right down to it, you're not 100% sure. I talked to a lady last Sunday after church. She came up to me. She said, listen, I've got a question for you. She said, you know, I've been in the church a long time. But man, how, how, do I, how do I know that I know that I know? And standing right here, I had the opportunity of, of like explaining to her once again, like this powerful statement of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it is not something that you have to worry about day in and day out. It's not something that comes and goes. I heard a phrase this week that if it were possible for us to lose our salvation, you would. <laughs> because of how bad we are. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. I want to end this year. After we've walked through all 66 books, we've taught from every single one of them this year. I want to end this year with a time at this altar where we just simply sing the theme of the Bible. And we sing that song that was written back in 1973 that Andre Crouch released. The song that we've talked about today, the song that I've shared with you today, the song that you know I've kind of walked us through today. I wanna end this year together with the theme of the Bible in song form. And I want you to dig deep. 
And I want you to ask yourself like a real serious question. And we do it every week. And some of you are sitting here today saying, listen, we do this every week. I know what's coming next. I know what this looks like. The problem with like always giving the gospel and always giving people an opportunity to respond is that sometimes people can get complacent and they don't pay attention. Let me take you back to Revelation chapter 1. Blessed are those who hear the words of prophecy written in this book and do them because the time is near. Let me take you to Revelation chapter 22 in verse 20 where Jesus said, yes, I am coming soon. This day, December the 26th of 2021, could be the day that the clouds are rolled back and the trumpets sound. Today could be the day that Jesus hears the words from the Father and telling him to step out and to go and get his children and bring them home. Today could be the day when everything comes to the culmination of thousands of years of prophecy and thousands of years of God's word, this could be the day. Are you sure? Because as your pastor, and more important than that, as a brother in Christ, it is my duty and responsibility to make sure that I take everyone I possibly can with me. break my heart if today was the day and then in a few hours we're standing in the presence of God and I'm looking around and there are some faces that I'm looking at right now that I don't see how tragic would that be to hear the gospel it clearly, not because I'm some gifted communicator, I'm not, just because of what God's word says, to hear the gospel and still miss it. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. Jesus is the way. Our pastors, our team, they're coming right now. They're going to gather at the altar. They're going to be here. Charles is going to lead us in this song. And as we together sing the words of this song, man, don't miss it. If you don't know that you know that you know that you know that you know, one more time, that you know, make this the day. Make this the moment that you just simply say, man, I want to be certain. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that He died and that He rose again. I believe that He paid for my sins. I believe that He is the only way to heaven. I believe in Jesus. And as we sing these words, man, I want you to step out. I want you to come down here and let's end 2021 with a moment that will change your eternity because today could be the day. Don't miss it. Let's stand together. Let's sing. And if you're not one thousand percent sure, step down right now. Charles, please.
you're standing around this room or wherever you're watching or wherever you're listening right now. The Bible tells us, I've shared it multiple times in this service. I'll share it one more time. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that Jesus himself, the son of God, that he came to this earth, that he died on the cross for our sins. That God loved us so very much that he gave his only son. And that by believing in Jesus, we will not perish, but we'll have everlasting life. And so I'm going to lead a prayer right now. God, I want to make sure there's not anyone here, anyone listening, anyone watching, who misses out on this incredible thing called heaven. And so I'm going to pray this prayer. And as I pray this prayer, I want you to just pray this silently along with me. Just asking God to do what he desperately desires to do. And he's desperately desired to do it for thousands of years to save you today. And so if you're not sure, 100%, just, just pray this prayer with me. Silently from your heart to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up over and over again. And I know I'm, I'm good at doing this church thing. But I'm not completely sure. And so today I want to make sure. I want to get this thing right. I believe that Jesus is your son. And I believe that he died on the cross for me. And I believe that he rose again. So today, forgive me of my sins. Save me right now through your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, for saving me. And help me to live for you for the rest of my days. Until that day, when I step into the presence of heaven. Thank you, God the gift of salvation. Thank you, God, that I can be sure. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. With their heads bowed and with their eyes closed, with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer, you meant it. I just want you, wherever you are, just stick your hand up right now. Just put your hand up across this room, wherever you are right now. If you prayed that prayer, you meant it. I see hands all over the place. Man, how awesome is that? Heaven's rejoicing right now. The decision's made. The lives changed. The future's guaranteed because of the promise and the hope of heaven. And so for those of you who prayed that prayer, for those of you who just raised your hand, in a moment we're going to conclude our service. After we sing the theme of the Bible one more time, our team is going to stay here. They're going to be gathered here. Our pastors and our, our counselors are going to be right here at the altar. If you prayed that prayer, listen, I want you to come down. We want to give you a book. It's a free book. We'll give it to you. And you can walk out of here. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible free. And we just want to help you begin a brand new walk. And here's what's really cool. Also help you a brand, begin a brand new year with Jesus as Lord of your life. And so I want you in a moment when we end our services, just, just make your way down and you can talk with one of our team. So guys, listen. Hey, everybody look up here. 
We're going to sing this again. And we're singing this now not as a song of invitation. We're singing this as a song of celebration. We're singing this because this is the theme, the summary, the culmination of everything that we find within this book that we call the Word of God. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. Jesus is the way. So let's lift our hearts. Let's lift our voices. Let's sing it loud. Let's sing it strong. Charles is going to lead us. Let's make it where Charles is not the loudest voice in the room. And let's sing this together and celebrate this last Sunday of 2021 that today Jesus is still the answer. Let's sing it together.